0: back. Casey here. I hope that you all had a fabulous holiday weekend with your family. If you're here in the States, we celebrated Thanksgiving and ate a lot of turkey and other yummy food. Um, What a great time I got to have with friends and family. and It was loads of fun. So um, I am going to share a little bit about the subscribe-a-thon results and some tweaks and changes I'm going to make to it based on numbers and participation. But I'm going to talk about that after the podcast, so after the interview. So if you're interested in that, please listen at the very end and I'll talk about the subscribe-a-thon. Um But this week, what's been on my mind um, is You know, I consider myself a pretty progressive parent. I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest, outside of Seattle, and, you know, we just can't dictate who our kids are, and I really embrace that, and I really mean it when I tell them that I'm going to love them no matter what, no matter what they choose, whoever they choose to be. And um, my guest this week is an old, old friend of mine who has written a children's book that really gets into... What it's like to be different, and you know, a perspective around that. She wrote a book called The Duck with No Legs. Um, and we're going to talk about her process and the deeper meanings that go along with the book. So I'm really excited to talk to her. Jessica Prentice is her name, and um, she's super fabulous. She was actually her sister was my very best friend growing up, my first best friend, and Jessica was my little brother's very best friend. So we spent a lot of time together. And it's really, really fun checking in with her and hearing what she's up to and just getting a glimpse into her creative nature and into this book that she's written for kids. And um, I just know that you're gonna love the conversation as much as I did. So I'm not gonna keep you. We're gonna get right into it. Let's meet Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast. Thanks, Case. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Well, I'm Jessica Prentice. Uh, In real
1: life, I am a creative director for a communications technology company. Just super fun. Love my job. Ultimately I do design and advertising. Um, and so, you know, it's a creative job, which suits my soul. Um, but you know, they pay, they pay me. <laughs> so I'm like an artist with a paycheck.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. You made um, a radical logo for me. Thank you very much. Props for that. I love it. I'm glad you love it. I do. It's going to take you places. Just I'm that hoping, logo. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the level up that I needed to go big. You're going pro. Thank you. Um, yeah, I live
1: in live in Carlsbad, California. I like to surf. I like to play the guitar, the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> it's my newest instrument. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm into I'm into discovering things and truths and various spiritualities and yoga and. I, CrossFit and just like digging up, digging up stuff underneath
0: the darkness. Oh, nice. You Mm -hmm. are speaking my language. Um, Tell us about the Duck With No Legs. Duck With No Legs actually came
1: about from a high school project way, way back when.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, it was an assignment in the creative writing class. And I was so annoyed by this, what felt like an overwhelming project. That I just decided I was going to write an offensive book, so uh, and piss the teacher off. It's so typical. I know. I love you, Jess. And so, and in this, she had this. She was like, "Whoever wins the contest, like, we're gonna have a whole contest. I'll send it and try to get it published." And so, I, you know, I just wanted to turn in the big middle finger assignment, (laughs) but it actually turned out to be super cute. It's not the book that you see now. It's gone through many, many evolutions. But it was, like, shockingly cute. And I think because I just said, F it, I'm just going to be, like, super creative, no rules, it's, like, it allowed it to channel into a, a really cool form that sort of meant, meant to belong into the world. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then throughout the years, I would, like, sort of go, hmm. By the way, I won the contest. Nice. And then she lost the book. But um, I know (laughs) throughout the years, I just sort of added to it. And then I I had a fantasy of publishing it. um, And so I self-published it and then it's on Amazon and
0: yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to definitely have a link in the show notes so that people can get it. It is on Amazon. And the story is so sweet. And anytime I read it to my kids, they feel a lot of empathy for the main character who is the duck with no legs, right? Right. (laughs) Right how does your main character like when you think about the main character in the book the duck with no legs how do you think that character shows up in real life
1: in real life in general or my
0: real life well either one okay
1: yeah okay so like i said it sort of just came out of me it wasn't anything that had a ton of thought into it it just i wanted it to rhyme it turned out to be a love story but then i look through it and really the the main character has no Mm -hmm. legs and so therefore, he's not anchored by anything. He can't control the steering wheel. He's just sort of flowing with the tides and the current and the winds. And, and it takes him to all these sort of places, hidden coves, and takes him on an adventure. And, uh, and all the while, you have, you know, these other ducks that have their legs, that think they're in control of their lives, and they're just sitting there together in a group. And I intentionally wanted them to look a little bit vapid um, and like the, the herd. Um, In that book. And so that's, that's sort of what it's showing is that, look, you, you may think you're in control of your life, but what are you doing? You're keeping yourself stagnant and still and even stale. Um, So the duck with no legs, because of his semi perceived like disability was actually his biggest gift and took him on a wonderful, beautiful adventure.
0: Yeah, that makes me think about all of those people that, you know, You see them in real life or you see them on YouTube and they've got these incredible stories. And to look, you'd think, oh, that's such a tragic story. Like, you know, the one guy whose name I can't think of who has no arms or legs. I know who you're talking about. One little like flipper. A lucky (laughs) fin. Yeah, the lucky fin. And he talks to, (laughs) he talks to young kids and he talks about hope and resiliency. And he's like, watch this. And he falls over. And it's a little bit of this moment of, oh God, how is this guy going to get up? And sure enough, he's got, he's perfected his little wiggle and, and up he gets and he's just gorgeous. And he's got this big smile on his face. And yeah, I think that there's something so profound in that statement around, you know, what can be perceived as a disability or whatever. And however that looks, mental, emotional, physical can actually be something that enhances your life. And there's more to this book, obviously, than the literal story, although it's so cute. I love its little rhyme. And what are the, uh, some of the other underlying messages that you're hoping think, to illustrate?
1: I think it's a, I sort of feel like this book belongs in a little bit more of like the spiritual market for kids. Um, it's really about letting go. Mm-hmm. It's about accepting what is and, and you know, that, that beauty shines through. I think that we all come here with such a defined purpose that it's up to us to discover it. It's like way in the back of our heads, our hearts, our higher selves, however you want to see it. But we have a divine plan. I I really believe that. And if we keep using our legs to steer us to the path that we see other people on and uh, try to cling to things that, you know, it's just it's never going to align us with the proper divine path. Ultimately, it will, because it'll just keep getting louder until mm-hmm. you are suffering so much that you're not listening to it, yeah. that the world blows up and you have no choice. You have no, no choice but to do it. And then you bring yeah. your gifts into the world because, you know, your true self, there's only one you. You're yeah. meant to be one of a kind. We all are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Jess, I love this conversation. So, what's your personal connection to the duck with no legs? Are you well, the duck with no legs, Jess? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, we all are the duck with no legs. But I mean, when I look at it, it's it's
1: an autobiography. By, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's on the the nail is on the hammer's on the head. Um, well, you know, we grew up together. We knew uh-huh. each other as kids, and I was always major, major tomboy. I mean, I wanted to just dress like a boy. I wanted to do boy things. I didn't really see it as like boy-girl necessarily because as a kid, I just wanted slip-on vans and I wanted to run around and get in the dirt. I didn't want to do what the girls were doing. And I stood out and I I stood out. I I mean, people thought I was a boy. Out to dinner with my parents. What would your son like? It's like, oh, my son will have the pancakes. (laughs) My mom would just look at me like, how could you do this to me and yourself? And so it was a struggle with my outer appearance. Yeah. My whole life, um, but you know, overall the world was fairly kind to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I felt almost more torn with my family and feeling like if I did this, I'll disappoint them. If mm-hmm. I if I wear these shorts and do these things, I'll embarrass my family. It wasn't so much it hurt my feelings; it was it was that I was afraid to disappoint everyone around me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then now I'm in a same-sex relationship, and you know, clearly. <laughs> I'm sure, my parents saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> nonetheless, we all
0: saw it coming, girl. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, but nonetheless, it's still like here I am. Uh, my, now my parents have to tell their friends. Now yeah. I'm putting my parents into this, and I think it's just me letting go.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, letting ha- letting life be what it was meant to be, and just I had to quit the fight. I just yeah. had to quit the fight, and really, with that comes this rushing impact of freedom and love and like just the ability to to make decisions without overthinking it finally.
0: Yeah yeah oh I think that's really hard too I mean because uh, I relate to that whole not wanting to disappoint the family like I mean my whole family's in Southern California and I'm way up here so for the most part I can pretend I don't have to worry so much about like ah, what are they gonna say or do or whatever. But I think about, okay, I'm going to be home in April, and I got this new tattoo, which <laughs> my dad and Julie, if you're listening, I did get a tattoo, and we're going to have to talk about it. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's and I'm 42 years old, but I have to, too, I'm, it's becoming ever more clear to me that, like, their response to my life is not my responsibility, exactly. right? And And that's it's hard and like you said it's so freeing and then on the flip side of that we were talking before i hit record about my own experience with parenting and i've got these two extremes you know i've got a daughter who's very much wanting like the latest stuff right like she just wants to look like all the other girls there's not really any wild non-conforming hair yet right (laughs) who knows what's in the future and then i have this my son who is like has his own thing going on whether it's his muscle tees that he likes to wear over his hooded sweatshirts I don't know what that's about Whoa. but it's a look that he rocks <laughs> or his you know socks pulled up way over his knees which apparently is a thing I don't really see a lot of kids wearing that you know or getting his ears pierced yeah you know he's continuously and I think like oh I'm so progressive minded and I'm Fully accepting and will love my kids no matter what. And then I'm, you know, and then it's like, okay, time to walk the talk. And you're confronted by, like, okay, Rowan had to wait till she was 10 to get her ears pierced. So can I get my ears pierced on my birthday? And that, you know, there was really no other response other than, of course, even though, like, inside my body, there was this cringe. There was this, oh gosh, like, what are the kids on the bus gonna say? What are the what are dad and Julie gonna say? What are you know, I had all of this like and it like you said, it's like it's such a crazy trip for parents because we want them to be able to express themselves, I do, absolutely wholeheartedly, and we wanna protect them. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the biggest that's the biggest piece. But the really cool thing that's come out of it is, you know, there he did get some flack from one kid in particular who kind of gives him flack all the time. He's a year older than Ian, but he's about, you know, a foot and a half shorter. And uh, Ian's really tall for his age. and um, And he's really agile and he's smart and he's easy to get along with. He's not really extreme. And so he's kind of a target for older, smaller boys a little bit this one in particular, and he was worried, you know, he was like, well, what if he says something about my earrings? And I was like, well, you know, this is kind of one of those things where you get, you know, you're going to be continuously thinking, like, how is the world going to respond to me? And sometimes that question is going to lead you to make a different choice. And sometimes that question is going to lead you to, who cares? This is who I am. And you're the only one that gets to decide what direction you want to go. And, um, and knowing that you you might stir up some reaction, the most important thing is how are you going to respond to that? And so he's so great because he, we practice come comebacks. Oh, okay. so you literally said that to him. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And so how did he respond? He just kind of looked at me,
1: <laughs>
0: but he's my kid.
1: He's taking it in. Yeah. He's
0: taking it in. And I said, you know, do you want to practice some things that you could say in response so that you're ready? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and so, uh, you know, his ideas at first were kind of hurtful back, you know, which is very typical. Like, mm-hmm. I insult you, you insult me a little bit worse Then I'm going <laughs> to, you know. And I said, yeah, and that's exactly what I said to him. I said, you know, sometimes when we respond that way, it doesn't make the problem go away, right? It just kind of makes the problem get worse, I said. And so he thought about something that this other kid does that isn't isn't on the mainstream norm like an activity that he does um and so ian said you know this is what you do and i think that's kind of weird but i'm not going to make fun of you about it because we're all allowed to do what we want to do dude that's genius yeah and it and it has totally changed the dynamics between him and this kid I mean they're not best friends. Yeah. but it's the the it, it, and I think more than anything it kind of made Ian real. Like it helped him settle into that body of like dude, I'm a human. You're a human. Like we don't need to be assholes to each other. Totally. You know. Totally. And I think that that's so if we can teach our kids that. Like yes acceptance. I hate the word tolerance. I like the word acceptance. Mhm. Um how to get along, but even more so how to be able to call each other out in a way that's like human beings, this isn't how we treat each other. Like Mm -hmm. that's a much better call out than, well, you're stupid. Right. You know, yeah. you
1: have to prepare your kids with, well, I don't have kids, but I have, I've had to prepare myself with my Mm -hmm. own toolbox. Yeah. You know, little things that are, are, you've got them ready that you can just pull from when you your adrenaline's pumping and your head is racing and you just go, oh, I remember this one line and it can solve anything.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's such a great opportunity. I'm so glad that I have a kid that gets to make me think about how to help him respond in those situations and, you know, and it's not always spot on, right? Cause sometimes emotions take over and sometimes we meet people where they're at and when they're not coming from a great place, you know, we meet them there and it just gets ugly. But he's been, he's always been my kid who's willing to, you know, when it comes to a sticky situation, it's like, well, let's think of what you could say. Let's practice. Mm
1: -hmm. And And he
0: gets on board with that.
1: Where some kids would be like, that's stupid. Stop. Stop. It's so not
0: stupid. It's so helpful, but we've been doing it for, since the beginning like that's just that's been our, that's our normal you know do you want to practice is just like common language in our house with him I love him. that I love that yeah. Well yeah he's he is I think he might be a duck with no legs too He really likes <laughs> there's a pic there's a page when he after the duck with no legs um meets sees the the other duck with no legs sorry spoiler <laughs> alert um there's this picture of him <laughs> can she see my feathers are shiny that my bill is rugged and strong does she know that I'm warm kind and I'm caring or or that I've had no legs all along oh no I read that wrong or think I've had legs all along and then it's the duck kind of picturing himself how he wants to be seen a superhero (laughs) it's so funny and I think that you know we have that in our mind like who do we how do we want to be seen versus who we are and I just I love this book Jess yeah
1: thank you yeah but I I do think we um like even though I felt I knew I was different I knew people saw me as different I knew that I looked like a boy and it weirded people out because they were like I don't know it was the 80s uh,
0: yes
1: you know like I was a pioneer (laughs)
0: total pioneer tomboy
1: (gasps) But on the inside, I felt like I knew a secret. I felt like I knew I was really great. And I just knew that someday it wouldn't, all all that outside stuff wouldn't matter. And I just like, like the superhero inside the duck's mind. Like that's, I think we all have that story of ourselves. And then we have the other story, which is what we think the world sees Mm -hmm. of us. That's very true.
0: Well, and it's interesting to talk to you about this because... You know, you were always so big, so outgoing, so funny. I wonder a little bit if your humor was a defense mechanism. I don't think it was. I mean, I don't know. Because sure. well, you always just seemed so completely comfortable with exactly who you were. And that was so cool. I think
1: I yeah. was. I think I I think I was when I was not in a dress. I mean for whatever reason that really put it really f- made me feel stuck. Yeah. And like I was faking it. And to this day I almost feel like a transvestite if I'm in like some pumps and I feel like a just total fake yeah. job. And and so I but I think my humor it's just sort of in me but it definitely helped lighten yeah. the load, I think, and put people at ease. You know, it served me. That's for yeah. sure. Still yeah, gags. I'm the life of the party. <laughs>
0: That's why we get along so well, girl. I want to be at a party no. with you soon. Come so on. what my last question. My last planned question, anyway. So, what kinds of conversations do you hope? And I know you wrote this when you were in high school, so I'm sure you weren't like thinking ahead to, you know, parents and parents reading this to their kids, but what maybe you were, because you're just that evolved. Um <laughs> what kinds of conversations do you hope are happening between parents and kids when they read this story together?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I don't have kids, but I, I have imaginary conversations with my kids Mm. all the time because of all the things that I've learned through reading books and just traveling and going and just digging deep and facing the world and, and finding kindness and softening my edges and all those things. And it's like, how would I talk to my kid about X, Y, Z? So I think about that stuff all. I probably have four conversations a day with kids that don't <laughs> exist yet. Um, and so, you know, I think it's like this book, like we've talked about, does have so many mm-hmm. layers. We can be as simple as, see, this duck with no legs. Look at, like, how wonderful his life was and look at, you know... Um, or it could, they could relate it to, back to their religion. They could relate it back to their veganism. They could relate it back to whatever it is that their belief system is mm-hmm. and say, see, you know, ultimately, we are all the same on the inside. You know, it just appears different on the mm-hmm. outside. But ultimately, we're all connected. We all live on this beautiful mm-hmm. earth together, and we have, a, we have an obligation to be um, our truest, kindest mm-hmm. selves.
0: Oh gosh. So there's a little snippet. Nice soundbite. Um yeah, I especially today, right? With all the craziness happening in the world, you know, to remember that ultimately inside everybody is a soul. Absolutely. Right?
1: That came here to contribute to yeah. the the whole yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. I love that. That's what gets us. That's personally what gets me out totally. of bed. I only see through the eyes of like that spirituality I've discovered. Like the, the surface stuff is like a screen that is so transparent to me now. I love that. You know, I feel a lot of love in my heart on a daily basis. So I, I, you know, I just feel lit up about that purpose. Yeah,
0: I love that too. And it's funny how it shows up. It's so simple the way that it shows up. And, you know, and even um, like driving in my car and somebody cuts me off and, you know, it can be – you're really easy to be like what uh, meh, about you like you suck and what's your deal over to Annie's. and um and you know but then it's like gosh i love to think about
2: hey there i'm debbie reber the founder of tilt parenting and the author of the book differently wired the mission of tilt is to change the way neurodivergence
0: respect when i'm recording a podcast <laughs> <laughs> sorry about the background noise listeners um it's life they who knows what kind of day they had and i, I find myself speaking out that out loud when I, whenever i can in front of the kids like even I, w- I just yesterday um uh recorded an interview with a colleague about how to talk to kids about terrorism and the things that are happening in the world and, and even at that level the conversation i had with my daughter was you know i just can't imagine the pain that existed in the lives of the people who get to a place where they decide they're going to blow themselves up Mm -hmm. you know like i can't i can't hate them because all i can do is just feel the sadness for them because life must be pretty freaking awful to get to a point where you're willing to, to do that to yourself and to do that to other people. And so, yeah, I think that there's a, a place of empathy that grows when you can start to see into. And the Buddhists in Buddhism, they call it the Buddha nature. Um, mm-hmm. And that everybody has a Buddha nature. And, you know, it's just our experiences, our relationships, all this stuff kind of layers on top of our true being. This is like the world according to Casey, the spiritual world according to me that I've pieced together. But, you know, we like... Yep all this stuff kind of gets in the way of our light and the more we can kind of we you know navigate through that and learn, and like you said just continue to grow the closer we get back to that true self and I think that when we can get to our true selves it's so much easier to see the light in other people or at least like see the pain right rather than Mm -hmm, just absolutely you know that jerk just cut me off or that checker was a grouch or whatever you know yeah. yeah. Whoa. Who knew the conversation was going to go here?
3: Aren't <laughs> we, we are deep? so
0: deep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, where can, how can people Fun. follow you Jess and find your book? It's on Amazon. Do you have a website yeah, or anything? You need to- a website, graphic design artist.
1: I mean, I have a website, but it's just for my graphic design. Okay. So, I mean, it's sillybird.com you can, yeah, you can reach out to me through okay. that um, that website, but you know, really it doesn't, The books, I don't even think the book's up there. Um, Amazon, I mean, I do Instagram, but it's just like a personal Instagram account that no one's gonna wanna follow. (laughs) Um,
0: What about Dear Monday? What happened to Dear Monday? Does that still live on or no?
1: You know what, Dear Monday, I I love my job, so Monday doesn't feel so sad. (laughs) I actually did a throwback Thursday Instagram post once, I think, with a Dear Monday on it. (laughs) Pretty sure it was a throwback
0: Monday, but <laughs> well, I have to tell everybody the Dear Monday posts. When When were you doing? When were you active with that? A few years ago, or was it a long time ago? Man, it was, I think it was like 2010. Oh my gosh! Every Monday, you you could have been a, a stand-up. You know that, right? You could have gone that route because you're. So I hated funny.
1: that job so much that I would write a letter to Monday
0: every Monday
1: and they were dark they were dark sometimes people would post responses saying ow
0: <laughs> and i was like oh really <laughs> you don't feel this way oh, oh man. well jessica thank you so much for spending time with me this morning i love you i know it's easy right <laughs> oh it's a piece of cake yeah, you no, yeah yeah So, listeners, you're going to take a look at the show notes and see links to the book and links to Jessica. Um, Don't forget to leave some feedback and let me know what you thought. And iTunes reviews are always appreciated, especially when you love the show. Um, Dear Monday, I don't know. This might come out on a Monday. So, Dear Monday, don't suck. Love, Casey. (laughs) Love, Casey. (laughs) All right, Jess, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Casey. Okay, listeners, what would you think about that? Isn't Jessica so great? It was such a treat growing up with that girl. Oh, my gosh. She was hilarious. She is hilarious. I'm so grateful to still be in relationship with her. Um, So, yay. Thanks for listening. I just want to give you a little update on the subscribe-a-thon that I've been talking about for the last few weeks. And Thanksgiving weekend has come and gone. And I had... Um, a really limited number of people participate. So I am going to extend the subscribe-a-thon, which means uh, you will have all the way until December 24th to subscribe to the podcast. I am going to throw out little subscribe shot shows um, over the next couple weeks. And what that means is they will be shows that are only gonna show up on the subscriber feed. So you will have to be subscribed to the podcast to hear those shows. Subscribing to the podcast is really easy. You just go to iTunes and you search for the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. You need a podcasting app. A lot of newer iPhones already have the podcast app, Um, but I'm going to post directions about that um, on my website so that it's easy for you. And there'll be directions for that in the show notes going forward. Um, so yeah, I'm going to extend the subscribe-a-thon. It will go through the month of December, and and I'm going to pull winners on December 24th. So you have to be subscribed to win. If you're already subscribed, you absolutely get to participate in this contest Um, I put some... You'll find if you go back into the feed and listen to the Thanksgiving show, you will see it. It's between episode 19 and 20. If you listen to that show, there's really explicit directions about what you need to do to qualify for the prizes. And the prizes are really cool, you guys. One, super awesome baseball tees with the Joyful Courage logo. Two... Super BA trucker hats if you're that kind of person with the Joyful Courage podcast logo. Three, I'm giving away two diff, two um, centered parenting e courses, which is a five week e course that is on demand, downloadable, and it includes videos and audio meditations and workbooks to um, really help you help yourself in transforming your parenting and your relationships with your kids. And The grand prize is a three-month coaching package. Hello. I am stoked about that one. I hope that you are too. So again, listen to the Thanksgiving show. I'm going to do a couple more little subscriber promos, subscribe-a-thon promos in the next couple weeks um, and go over what you need to do. So there you go. I also have some ideas about the podcast. Here's what I want you to do. You... That are listening, you there. If you are on Facebook, I want you to um, search for Live and Love with Joyful Courage on Facebook, okay? You will see that it'll take you to the group that is called Live and Love with Joyful Courage, and I want you to ask to join. By hitting the Join button, I will see it. I will say Accept, and you can be in on the conversation. And this is really a place of developing community. Uh, it's like-minded parents. It's people that like to listen to the podcast. I pose questions there. I instigate conversation. I ask for help too, because I'm continuously developing products, products like e courses, right, and uh, and podcasts. And I really want to make sure that what I'm putting out in the world is what you want to hear is what you want to learn and so my go-to place is the live in love with joyful courage group that's where I go to find out what it is that you want it's a place for you to ask questions I get emails all the time um, emails from people who are struggling and have challenges with their kids and I always I'm always happy to respond to those emails and I always say You know, are you in the Live in Love with Joyful Courage group because it's a great place to ask for support. Yes, I have extensive knowledge in positive discipline and this is what I do all the time is talk and train and educate about parenting and there's a whole community of people there and all of our collective knowledge together really makes for a rich and dynamic conversation. So if you don't do anything else today, I at least want you to join the Live in Love with Joyful Courage page. It is there in existence for you. I'm really excited about that. So thank you again for tuning in, for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast through iTunes. And um yeah, start getting it automatically to your iPad, to your iPhone, to your phone, whatever your devices that you love to use and listen through. Um, it's really convenient because then you don't have to search or wait to see, you know, a social media post about a new podcast. It just comes magically to your device. Super magic, super awesome. So anyway, love to each and every one of you. I hope you had a great long weekend with your family. Great Thanksgiving. Oh, I also wanted to say sorry about the weird audio in the last two episodes. Um, I'm getting that worked out. So if you're thinking to yourself like, "Ah, this sounds kind of like she's doing it in the garage. I'm working it out. So don't worry. The audio is going to get better. (laughs) All right. Love, love, love to all of you on the parenting journey, on the journey of life. Big, huge love. And I will see you next time.
2: Well, hey there, busy mama.